Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, episode 208. I am one of your co-hosts, Sarah D. Bunting, and there ain't no other man I would co-host this podcast with besides Mark Blankenship. Hi, Mark. Oh, schwa. You're too kind. <laughs> oh, no, this is still happening. <laughs> the, the, the poison has seeped across the yeah, land. I know. <laughs> Greetings and schwa mutations, everybody. Welcome back, all two of you who are still here. Uh, Mark. What are we contemplating today? Well, our listener, Carrie D., wrote in asking if we would talk about a particular Christina Aguilera song. And then we thought, well, we want to talk about Christina Aguilera. We don't know if this is maybe the hottest song for us. So we then put the question to our patrons. We asked them in a very special poll, which of eight potential Christina Aguilera songs should we discuss on the show? And the patrons overwhelmingly voted for Ain't No Other Man. So, Carrie, I hope that you will... Um, roll with the punches. And I will tell you that I do quite like the song that you initially requested, which was her duet with Ricky Martin, Nobody Wants to Be Lonely. But I think in the grand scheme of things, I hope you will agree that this is also an excellent choice. And Carrie, we do thank you for adding your voice to the show. And we thank the patrons for voting. If you'd like to become a patron who votes on such crucial polls, and I do mean crucial, goddammit, you should join us at Patreon. people. It is. Join us at patreon.com slash Mastis. So, Sarah, point being, the song that we are talking about today is Ain't No Other Man, and I will go ahead and tip my hand now and say that I have also called for clips from two supporting songs because I feel like that this song actually represents the most interesting phase of Christina Aguilera's entire career. <sighs> it's a lot of prologue, but I needed to say it. All right. Should we hear a so clip? So, I... Yeah, I think before we go any further, here is a clip from Ain't No Other Man, which was released as the first single from her third album, Back to Basics. Sarah, if I may, I'd like to start from the negative and then work my way to the positive. Sure. Okay. So to to crib a line that one often heard on the early years of Project Runway, I have no doubt of Christina Aguilera's talent, but I have often felt the that there's a level. taste issue. <laughs> <laughs> I knew where that was going. We've seen enough episodes of Tim Gunn walking around. Yeah. But uh, Christina Aguilera is a phenomenal singer. Like, there's really no doubt about that. But she has made, musically, some very, shall we say, dubious choices throughout her career. She seems to, she doesn't really have a musical identity, which can be fine. You know, I'm not saying that artists can't change. But she just never seems to, like, pick songs that let her stand out as anyone who can do anything other than just holler really loudly and really well. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Yeah, and it's like, you know, great, you can hit those notes, but so can 
lots of other artists. So what else can you do to tell me stories? And I feel like a lot of times yeah. she is just a maximalist. It's just the most sound. It's like her default mode. So in the when in 2006, when this song came out, this was, like I said, the first single from Back to Basics. This song represented the possibility that she was going to be playing around with 40s big band sounds and how they could relate to what was then contemporary in pop music, which was that sort of loud, driving, pounding rhythm. And I think that for me, this is the most interesting her music has ever been because there is a distinct musical identity that she is either working with or playing against. And in Ain't No Other Man, I think it succeeds. I actually really, really like this song because all of those horns have that 40s flavor, but then the like stop, start, push, pull of the beat, the way that it keeps stopping and starting, it's like that is that sort of teasing mid-aughts dance energy. And I think that Christina, she's doing more with her voice than just hollering, although there is hollering. She's sort of weaving in and out of the beat, and she's let she's making me buy her sexual attraction to this guy and i just um there's a there's a flair and a and an energy here that i like and um i am sorry that this era didn't last longer but it at least went deep enough that we can talk about a few more songs later sarah what are your thoughts on ain't no other man um i'm so glad that you uh sort of couch this in terms of her identity because here's my issue with the song like it's two songs that are fighting with each other and i mm. don't like i think they sort of like fight each other to a draw but like i like the construction of this a lot i the horns bring me to a sort of mid to late 60s mm. um stacks place uh i my understanding is that she considers Etta James vocally a huge influence. Um, but having sort of been reminded of that while I was researching this episode, I was thinking about the differences between her and Ms. James as artists, namely that I, I can't even call Aguilera an artist exactly. She's a gigantic talent. She yes. has a beautiful instrument. But I feel like Etta James understood how to slot her voice better um, in, in songs and arrangements. Um, I don't think she was always trying to map this belting onto any, any kind of arrangement. Um, and I, but I think she also knew when to like drop a shoulder and really drive into her own melodrama as a vocalist. And I right. feel like Christina Aguilera, having been doing it for quite a long time, even by this point that we're hearing, I th like you can almost hear her at a certain point in this song go into um, kind of like autopilot um, but like how growly belting like this is what i do at this time mm -hmm. and i'm i'm all for working smarter not harder and again this song is like fun and up and like i love the arrangement but i think that if she had a better sense of any identity as a storyteller like you were saying before she would have been like actually this arrangement is too fast because mm. it's not making room for me or alternately 
it's too slow. And I mean, there's something about the pacing that I think she's just fighting it, but she doesn't know why she's fighting it because Mm -hmm. she isn't, she tells the stories that are put in front of her at maximum volume. That's what she sees as her job, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. Maybe we're like under, maybe we're not giving her enough credit, but I don't, like, I don't think so. Again, it's not a bad song. I liked it. It just should have been way better. And if yes. she were Adele, it would have been way better. Yes. Because Adele is a storyteller and Christina Aguilera is a newsreader. I think that that is perfectly said. And I don't know that we need... It's possible that that is not how Christina Aguilera sees the way that she's working, but I do think sure. it's the way it's coming across. And yeah. I have always felt that way. And, you know... um, she that's why I think she has not remained as relevant as some other artists. I think that she just doesn't have the the idiosyncrasy of artistry to keep her interesting as the sound that she wrote in on fades away. She yeah. hasn't been able to reinvent herself into anything else because it's like she just doesn't have that thing. And that's okay because honestly, sometimes all I want is to hear a really great singer singing a song in a way in, in, a, in a serviceable way that's exciting and like this song is that i also well, I think rolled it's... right into genie in a bottle after this and it yeah. was like this arrangement like as sick as we all were of that song at the time i hadn't heard this in a while and i was like you know i i like it more than i did at the time because it isn't everywhere yeah just one of those things but now that I'm listening to it, I can't help feeling the same way about it. And also that, like, I feel like even when she's at full melisma, we're still only getting, like, 85%. Like, could someone please put this woman next to either a single cello or in front of an entire orchestra or a big band and be like, you know, <laughs> Thunderdome? sing for your life literally well, like show us some like get pissed off show us something else that i think is a perfect segue into one of the songs that i clipped because around this time she performed at a special grammys ceremony it was i don't even really remember why what it was LL cool j was there they were something about vintage recordings anyway she performed i love you porgy from porgy and bess and to me this live performance that she's never released officially indicates what might have been or where we could have gone together with her. So let's listen to that clip. But when he comes, I know I'll have to go. I love you. And like, yes, there isn't a, a moment in every diva's life where she records an album of standards. See, sure. literally everyone. But hearing Gaga her and sing Tony is, Bennett, uh huh. Gaga, yeah. yeah, Tony Bennett, and literally everyone. But yeah, Gaga true. did it. Um, Barbara Streisand has done it like a thousand times. You know that at some point in her life, Adele is going to release an album called Cheek to Cheek. 
<laughs> like it's sure. gonna happen. But honestly, Sarah, hearing this, like, even this clip, I'm like, oh right, the capacity to do that is in Christina Aguilera as a performer. But like maybe she just never had anyone else telling her that she should try that. And there, but there's also still at the very beginning this moment that feels very performatively quiet. Mm. That she sort of opens the throttle and then closes it again. And it's like, we like, we're watching this on TV, girl. We know yeah. who you are. You can like, just, t- just tell us what happened. Don't, right. don't put a bunch of shit on it. Oh, that makes me think about how, you know, someone who always makes me believe that she's in the moment of a song is Fantasia. Mm-hmm. And I just think now like that is maybe that's what I'm reaching for. Cause Fantasia is a great singer, but also Fantasia is a storyteller. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, anyway, there are many people who fit that bill. So, yeah, it's just it's interesting how Christina Aguilera can only go so far. And again, it's like, that's OK. It's just it, I think it just guarantees that Christina Aguilera will always be someone that I like sometimes, but I'm never thrilled about. Yeah. I wonder if she. um, You know, my sort of grand unifying theory of J-Lo is that. <laughs> Every song or acting job is a is an equation to be solved. Mm. I don't know if that's true. Obviously, I don't know her, but Swimona. I, I feel like the difference between this, like, okay, Mariah Carey tries some things and they're a disaster, but at least like some some effort to do something is happening, mm-hmm. even if it's not. Um, even if we don't understand the language that it's in, because right. Mariah's going to Mariah. But J-Lo just seems very, like, goal-driven, and it's like, you know, here's what we're doing. So if she had a standards album, it would have been, like, spat out by an algorithm from, like, a baseball front office, basically. <laughs> Yeah, here and are the nine. here are the nine songs that you must have on your standards album. We have the data to prove it. Yeah, and here's the one that everyone's going to think is a real departure, and it's like some Sinatra song that they keyed up like two octaves. Like, who? Ca- I mean, uh huh. But I just feel like on some level that's true of Christina Aguilera, but on another level it's not. Like, I feel like there is an artistic intellect in there, but it has consistently been easier for her to just like be served a menu of pre-existing options and pick off of them because it's almost no, not that it's not work for her to sing, obviously, but that it's just like, well, this is what I do. And this appears to be similar to what I do and isn't going to alienate anyone. I I don't know. Like we're, we're really putting a lot of psychoanalysis on her. (laughs) That's true. Maybe not warranted, but it's like, I just, but I I I do wonder what it would have been like. For her to face off with Sinatra, like yeah. in person, that would have been amazing. I wonder how much of this has to do with the fact that her first work was on the Mickey Mouse Club. You know, like maybe something about that being in that machine. That is an machine, excellent point. Maybe that machine shaped her artistic sensibility in a way that Justin Timberlake, when he started working with Timbaland, was able to break out of. I don't know that Christina Aguilera has ever worked with someone who is as... Uh, brilliant as Timbaland. So maybe she has never been pushed out of that Mickey Mouse Club vibe. Well, and I mean, if you also look at, I mean, Britney was a masketeer too, right? Yeah, she sure was. So 
I mean, this is an extremely small sample size, but you have to wonder like what, what the boy Mouseketeers felt like they were entitled to try versus mm. the girls. That's a good point. Because Carrie Russell was in that general class and Ryan Gosling, but they mm-hmm. aren't singers. So that's like, well, Ryan Gosling yeah. was in La La Land, but I stand by my point. Um, but I think that, I think that it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's like the packaging of young female pop stars at this time, especially. Sure. And, and it makes me think about also, think about how divergent Miley Cyrus has now become. Her art is so interesting. And like, She's like trying a hundred different things and she sounds great most of the time. And I don't love everything she makes, but I'm always intrigued by her. That is not the road that Christina Aguilera went down. Okay, yeah. fine. But still. No, it's really not. Like she always looks great. This song is about her, I believe still, husband, Jordan Bratman. And it's like, him? <laughs> I mean, it, he's fine. But it's like. Yeah, I mean, not everybody is trying to be like David Byrne or Brian Eno right. or <laughs> right. Adele or Annie DeFranco or even really anything that it's like, I go to the studio for three hours, I make these big sonic boom sounds, they put some drums over it, and I they back a Brinks truck up to my house like... I'm not mad at her for that or the fact that that happens. Good for her. But yeah, that's that's a, it's really true. Like I'm not. It's fine. Like great. And she, you know what? Catch those checks from the Voice or whatever. Oh, I'm sorry to say, she divorced Jordan Bratman, but now she's engaged to someone else. So see, fine, fine. Okay, get yeah. it, girl. But it's. I mean, Jesus, the Voice is like the <laughs> divorce maker. But um, I'm sure it wasn't that. But it's also like, I think that. Sh- I think there's this sense on her part that she's supposed to appear as though she's trying to push boundaries or explore a different genre when in fact she's like, whatever, <laughs> which is also fine. Yeah. Okay. That's another perfect segue. The world needs C plus students too, even at your school. <laughs> and you know what? Seriously, I, I think we, we've, we've given this um, perhaps soft compliment to other people. I can't remember now when, but we did recently. Where Belinda like, Carlisle. Yes. Being average is fine. And Christina Aguilera's voice is so much better than Belinda Carlisle's. Yeah, but like, well, yes. I mean, but, sorry. But you don't have to front like you're a boundary breaker if you're just doing your shit. And I think that's a perfect segue into Candyman, the other song I wanted to clip from the Back to Basics album. This was the album's third single, and it wasn't as big of a hit. Uh, uh, Ain't No Other Man reached number six, and P.S. was co-written by Cara Diaguardi. I just think we need to mention that. Oh, yeah. Hey, girl. Hey, lady. Um, then the follow-up single, Hurt, made it to number 19, co-written by Linda Perry. And then we get to this song, Candyman, which peaked in the top 30, but you know, still. But this is a song where I think that she is trying hard to continue to push her persona as some sort of sexual provocateur but then also stick it into the 40s template. And um, I have more to say, but let's listen to the clip first.
I feel like, Sarah, the reason I wanted to talk about this, you've actually touched on already, which is just do a little less and this song would be better. It's so busy, but there's so much potential inside of it. She's she's doing all three of the Andrew sisters' harmonies there and she's scatting pretty effectively and it's, but like you can't really focus on that because there's all this other shit on the song. So we've yeah. expressed the frustration about that, but I just felt like this was a good example. Yeah, I think this definitely backs up my point, which was about Ain't No Other Man initially, that it's like, don't... <sighs> Don't do more than you have to so that you can look like you're doing more than you really want to. Oh, my God. That's deep. You should put that on a accessories poster with a picture <laughs> of of like a, of, a, of a small gibbon trying to climb an enormous tree or something. Or like one kitten is sleeping and the other one is staring forlornly at the camera. Like, look, <laughs> the sleeping one got this knocked. Uh, exactly. Oh, my God. Sarah, I think that that... that... Quit looking busy, girl. Come on. <laughs> that folky wisdom is almost... I don't know what else there is to say. Christina, quit looking busy. Yeah. I heard church bells ringing. I heard a choir singing. Y'all, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, a.k.a. me, and Sarah D. Bunting, and it's edited by Sarah D. Bunting as well. Do you want to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at TalkSongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of this podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastus, where you can get access to all kinds of cool bonus content and vote in our ranking episodes. Thanks for listening. All I can do is cry. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.